everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the NFL Roadshow. Lindsay Rhodes here with a look ahead to week 12 with all 32 teams in action. No one has a bye this week. That'll be beneficial for all of your fantasy teams. Don't have to sit anybody. Uh, though, as I sit here on Tuesday recording this, there is a chance, I guess, that that could change. We're keeping an eye on that Baltimore-Pittsburgh game on Thursday as a COVID outbreak spreads through the Ravens facility. That game's scheduled to be one of three on Thanksgiving to kick off our week, and we'll have Lots more on those games coming up with our special guest today, former Pro Bowl Bears guard and current CBS sports analyst, Kyle Long. Kyle, how are you liking the TV gig? I like it, uh, but I don't get to watch as much football on Sunday as I would like to. It's good to see you again. Last time we saw each other, I was at the network and I was doing my tryouts, essentially. I was running the gambit of all the networks, so it's good to see you again. Well, the tryout went well. Yeah, but I ended up somewhere else. So I'm like Sunday pre-game gig i gotta call hansen and say what did you say like i smelled bad or something bro like i didn't want to tell you okay well we got it out here now he had a lot of things to say afterward um uh so what what are what are you liking about the tv thing because having just transitioned out of playing one thing is it what you thought it would be i'm like kind of growing each week i'm finding things that i can add to week like I was on the train back from doing the show this Sunday and my fiance texted me and said you spoke slower today in some portions and I feel like it helped you and that was a good thing and I was like okay I spoke slower and I was like well I must have had more confidence and I wanted to say it and get my point across the proper way without rushing through it because in shows past you have your index card you have your points you want to make and then you say shit I just completely forgot to say this, this, and this, or this would have worked much better. So if yeah. you just slow your roll a little bit, big dog, you can get your points out there. And it's good to be on a team, Lindsay. It's good to be on a team again. Yeah, well, you've got a fun team there uh, with your boy Jonathan Jones and Adam Shine yeah. Adam and Shine, Fletcher JJ. and Amy Trask. Yeah, Amy Trask is a stud. And we were talking about she- this before the show. She went to law school with my mom at USC, Southern Cal. So, so they're... Great Both connection Trojans there. and therefore I, I amazing people. I can't escape people. my family ever, Lindsay. I can't. I can't do it. They follow you everywhere. Yep. The shadow. Extremely large. Yeah, and the thing, uh, the thing about it is, like, I'll be done with my show at noon, and that's when my dad's show kind of kicks off. Uh, and, you know, he's got halftime and postgame to do by the time I'm done. So he always texts me and says, like, Great job. Watch the watch the show before mine. Uh, I'll call you after. And it's kind of like that cool check-in where I'm done. Now he's clocking into work. Uh, I'm just waiting for Chris to get a gig in the NFL. Well, he kind of has one, right? He does all the stuff on Amazon Prime and Twitch. and He refuses to be like a mainstay on Sundays, though. He refuses to. He wants to be in the woods, and he wants to watch football on his he's tablet somewhere. In anti-establishment? The yes, that's Chris. Mm. Now, what kind of advice has your dad given you for TV? BU is really what he has said, because I was really nervous about it. He said prep is the number one thing. And the number two thing is be yourself, because everybody else is taken. And when given the opportunity, take the high road, because there's less traffic there. And that news cycle, they love to eat up sound bites, especially if you're, uh, yeah, especially in you know, Especially some, if you're talking about the Bears and Matt Nagy and yes. you've had no experience with this. Obviously, you took his advice. 
Oh, I love talking about Matt Nagy, man. He's my favorite person on the planet to talk about. No, in all reality, that is a topic in which I've leaned on my dad heavily and said, hey, what do you think are some things I can say? And he's like, hey, man, I didn't play for that team. I can't speak to that. That's up to you. So I, I kind of weigh the Nagy talk on my own conscience. Uh, for the record, the chances of you going back and helping out the Bears O-line, which I know you're asked about on Twitter from uh, Bears fans about, what, 15 times a day? Yeah. How did you handicap that? Um, I would say I would not return to play for Chicago under this current coaching staff. But under a different coaching staff, you would consider that? Yes. I mean, Chicago's my home. I told Bears fans it's the only team I'd ever play for. And now I'm kind of uh, regretting that after they kind of <laughs> said, hey, get your, get your fat old ass out of here, dude. So, uh, well, that kind of opens it up. I think, you know, if it's not your choice, get out of jail free card, it's like getting dumped. It's like getting dumped. If I'm in a toxic, like I'm never going to date again, I get, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to make a a Tinder profile now. It's (laughs) like, we get to do things that we've never done before in this situation. (laughs) You, um, okay. Well, that's, that's interesting to keep in mind. What was the issue? Uh, the issue was health. I mean, first and foremost, uh, productivity as a, um, you know, as a result of poor health, I was just beat up. I never gave myself time to heal. I was always, uh, at the front end of the expected return time. I never spent any more time than I needed to in the training room. It bit me in the ass towards the end. I had guys early in my career say, you have to really enjoy your time in the training room. Not only is it therapeutic for your body but it's uh you know almost like a spiritual experience getting your mind and your body right in the morning before football getting into that routine and you find more often than not that the veteran players the really good guys mainstays in the league they have tremendous routines before practice before the games and I just kind of rolled it out there I kind of woke up threw on the deodorant and went to the facility and just played football like it was backyard type shit and after a while that lack of uh, routine and the professionalism kind of caught up with me. Uh, but yeah, that's why productivity as, as a, as a result of not being healthy. Well, coincidentally, the bears are in the news today and uh, get to that story and more. It's time to break the huddle. All right, first up, some big-time players placed on the COVID list this week. Adam Thielen in Minnesota, All-Pro Safety Eddie Jackson in Chicago, Niners left tackle Trent Williams, but the big story is referenced already, the outbreak in Baltimore. Quite a few people have tested positive there, including running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. That means if this game happens on Thursday, Gus Edwards will be the only running back for the Ravens who's had a carry this season. So fire him up in fantasy because he'll get some volume. And on top of that, they've had to prepare virtually for this game away from the facility, which is less than ideal, obviously, on a short week. Meanwhile, in Buffalo, a reminder about what's at stake with these diagnoses. Bill's tight end, Tommy Sweeney, went on the COVID list a month ago. He now has myocarditis, which is, I think I pronounced that right. I actually looked it up earlier. And now that I'm saying it, I'm questioning myself. Anyway, it's a heart condition related to COVID. So he is going to miss the rest of the season. Browns corner Denzel Ward is going to miss a few weeks with a calf strain. That's a big blow to a defense that's already missing Miles Garrett. Drew Brees is going to miss at least two more games for New Orleans. There's a chance it could be longer than that. He told Cox TV this week that his body completely locked up on him in that game against the Niners. He couldn't rotate. He couldn't throw. He can, however, still play Barbies and paint fingernails at home with his daughter. And I have never before 
felt such a kinship with Mr. Breeze. That has been 80% of every day that I have spent since March. The other 20% is obviously spent feeling very guilty about iPad usage. Back in Chicago, a lot of questions surrounding their quarterback situation. Matt Nagy presented with an opportunity to say that Foles would remain their starter. He did not say that. Instead, Kyle, he said they were evaluating where Foles and Trubisky were in their injury recoveries. Also said that they were evaluating where they were as an offense. I'm going to read between those lines, and then I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. He doesn't say those things unless he's going back to Trubisky, does he? he it's so easy to say Foles is our guy. He doesn't say those things because he doesn't know what the hell is going on right now. And unfortunately, that's a result of uh, lack of av- availability of talent. Um, their offensive line situation has been subpar the entire year. You have to make sure you match your scheme up with your personnel. And it's been clear that the personnel is not one that is matching up with his preferred scheme. So as a good coach, you need to make an adjustment. His adjustment happened to be, well, let's change quarterbacks. After starting 2-0 and and being down to the Falcons, he makes a quarterback change. Now it's whatever the hell week it is. And he's got some injury issues and he's kind of, second guessing himself a little bit Lindsay he's looking to be leaning towards Mitch Trubisky now if I'm a betting man I'm saying Mitch Trubisky's the quarterback um, against the opponent on Sunday it's gonna be tough to see the also opponent. I think yeah I don't I don't say their name by the way uh I think that it'll be that's the re- Packers I think it'll be very good for yeah the opponent of the team. you should start saying their name by the way since we're now opening it up the, we're trying to like open this window for you to to talk to other teams team potentially up north well they're still oh. kind of like my messed up cousin from across the river you know like but what if they were like hey Kyle wouldn't happen I mean oh I don't know I wouldn't want to go do that especially if Kolomak and Akeem Hicks are still playing in Chicago no interest in playing those guys twice a year especially in the colder months but Back to Trubisky. I think Trubisky offers them the best chance to win. I think it's clear that they have issues up front. They can't run the ball with uh, efficiency like they want to. They're missing some internal guys. We're just going to say, you know, they've made some mistakes in their planning, and they're behind the eight ball now offensively. And you see them with a historically good defense, but you have to couple it with some semblance of an offense, and they're not doing that. They pee down their leg every time they get an opportunity to, Lindsay. I talked to Lewis Riddick last week on this show, and I asked him about the quarterback situation, whether they should go back to Trubisky, and he said that it was his opinion that it didn't matter because the offensive line play was so bad that you can change your quarterback however much you want. I feel a little bit smarter now that I've, I've heard that Lewis echoes my sentiments because there's a certain situation at which it is a shit sandwich, and you're not gonna like the way it tastes when you bite into it, no matter how many olives you put on your toothpick or whatever the hell's going on the poop is going to taste like poop. there was a very interesting metaphor that we just mixed there it's going to be a poop sandwich that's the way your line is right now and it stinks and it looks like it and it's tough to see and they're going to have to put a band-aid on it and that's putting mitch out there let me ask you this though because the thing that that we all clamor for when mitch is not the quarterback and frankly even when he was the quarterback was The thing that he brings to the table is this element of being able to extend plays or that they can use him in the run game when the run game isn't working, especially that looks appealing, but they don't use him that way. And they did a few years ago. And then I kind of understood for a hot minute the explanation that maybe they're trying to extend his career because they don't want him to get hurt. 
But at a certain point, if you're willing to put him on the bench, you don't they really don't care about extending shit. his career at all. They don't care about your career. They care about one thing, and that's the bottom line, winning or losing. And it is obvious that they have made a retraction there, and they want to make it official, but they don't know how to do it in Chicago. And that's – we might have made a mistake having Nick Foles be out there. Clearly, the timeline has been this. They go from Cutler – uh, then they bring in Glennon, they draft Trubisky, they sign Foles. I can't do math very well, Lindsay, but I know how much quarterbacks get paid ballpark, and that's a yeah. lot of freaking money you've dumped into the quarterback position. You're still sitting here scratching your heads when all that time could have been spent and a lot of that money could have been spent investing in the, the fortifications of that line, which, as you know, can carry you into the playoffs. doesn't matter who you have at the quarterback. Speaking of highly paid quarterbacks, talk about the Saints quarterback situation. Mm. Hasem Hill got paid a lot in the offseason and then got a chance to uh, prove that he was worth it, I guess, on Sunday. Put up a pretty nice stat line in that win over the Falcons. He had 233 yards passing. He led the team in rushing with 51. He had a couple of scores on the ground. He only had five incompletions, though he only threw it 23 times. Uh, Two of those five incompletions were dropped balls. One was a batted pass. Uh, Peyton has not explicitly said that he will remain the quarterback, but he earned that, didn't he? Yeah, he got a win. He proved a lot of people wrong. And to me, it looked like what John Fox's team was supposed to look like with Tim Tebow at the helm because I remember there was a lot of issues with Tim Tebow throwing the ball, but one thing that was undeniable was his passion, his love for the game. And I know it's supposed to go without saying in the league, these guys play so hard, they were – this guy truly plays hard. You can see it. He prepares for the game. He's ready to go. And I know that there were some rumblings about in, inside the locker room. They weren't sold on whether or not he was the quarterback. Well, he went out. He got a win. He didn't have to throw the ball a boatload of times. And you guys went and got a win. So hats off to Sean Payton, first and foremost, because that is a gutsy call. And that's a gutsy way to get a win. Yeah, I, um, I didn't get it last week. I don't know that I – I don't know that I still am totally on board. We don't I mean, get it, he, and that's okay. They got a dub. It's a strange yeah. week. It's a strange year. But So you're obviously going to have to send him back out. Now you have the Broncos this week, so congratulations on your next win. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. The th- I, think, I think my problem with this is that maybe I was so committed to the idea of Jameis that uh, I'm having a hard time letting go of my preconceived notions about what that offense should have looked like with Drew Brees out um, because um, I'm looking at it and at the beginning of the game, right, for a while, there was a period in time, he only had two rush attempts in the first half and obviously wasn't throwing it a lot, but he was throwing it a lot more than he was running the ball. And I spent the whole first half yelling at the TV, like, why is is he the guy if you're going to use him this way? And then in the second half, it transitioned a little bit more to what we expected to see from them. But uh, but they weren't moving the ball very well in the first half against a Falcons defense that they can show everyone is moving the ball Charlie well against. Charlie Brown at quarterback, Lindsey. And if they play defense the way they did this past week, this team's going to beat a lot of folks on the way to the title. Um, so then is, is that the answer there then? Because if you have faith in your defense, then you can't put Jameis Winston. So then it just becomes about you know, it doesn't really matter how much we score. We're going to keep the the score down on the it other side. Just the don't Broncos give them extra team. possessions. Lindsay, it reminds me of the John Fox, Tim Tebow Broncos team that made a run. And I remember people questioning if Tim Tebow was actually uh, 
uh, left-handed, they were like, you know, is, is this guy, is he left-handed? Taysom can throw it. He threw for like 240. That's a lot of yards in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. So Taysom Hill looks like a G.I. Joe and can throw the football a little bit too. Didn't help Kamara. Helped Michael Thomas. Right, Michael Thomas had his best game of the year, which I completely didn't predict. I thought, if anything, I'm going to sit down Michael Thomas in fantasy this week because I don't know where that's going. Now, all of a sudden, Michael Thomas is like reborn, uh, targeting him and pretty much only him in this game. Alvin Kamara, meanwhile, his first game as a professional without a catch. So this Saints offense is just totally up in the air. It's Sean but again, Payton. They play the Broncos. Defense yeah, he is, and he's Payton. good at his job. This is why he is the coach of the Saints and not me, supposedly. Apparently. Yeah, and he's been That's there the so only long. Reason. It's crazy. Um, we normally do a mailbag on Wednesday. We're not going to do it today because we have three Thursday night games to discuss. But I want to ask you a question. Okay. And it's inspired by Devontae Adams' tweet during Monday Night Football about Cooper Cup being the most underrated receiver in the game. Who is a guy at your position who doesn't get the attention he deserves. Ooh, a guy at my position. Well, I was going to say a guy by the name of Wyatt Teller for the Cleveland Browns, but he was widely viralized this past weekend when he blocked three guys on a touchdown to the right side. Um, He's like the new Quentin Nelson. You know what? Folks have to understand, O-linemen, running backs, you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there who play the position. You know, there's four running backs in a running back room. There's – eight, nine O-linemen in an O-line room. Guys like this do not come around very often. Guys like Zach Martin, guys like Quentin Nelson, Ronnie Stanley, who's down right now with Baltimore, they are dancing bears. They truly are. And you see Zach Martin getting asked to do a lot. That's going to be the name I'll give you. I think Zach Martin is the pound-for-pound uh, pound, uh, heavyweight champion in the, in the offensive line community. I think he is the best. He moved over to tackle. Yeah, he's the best. This past week. How hard is that? For those of us who have not played on the line, to move from guard to tackle, what does that entail? Well, guard, I'll, I'll say it's a fist fight in a phone booth. You know, there's the guys right in front of you. It's like whoever's got the 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 goateeest goatee is going to win this bar fight. And then uh, a tackle, there's a you know, it gets a little sexy out there. You're going against guys like Von Miller, Khalil Mack. They can beat you any number of ways, and that's not to take away from the the pass rush skills of guys like. Uh, Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald on the interior but on the outside you're dealing with quite literally some of the best athletes on the planet so in order to stay in front of those guys and to out leverage some of those guys you have to be really really good and Ronnie Stanley and a few of those guys that I named can't do that all right we're going to preview a very full slate of Thursday games uh, first a quick word from our sponsors All right, and we're back with your Thursday night football preview. Three games this Thursday. Uh, no one on a bye again. All 32 teams are going to play in week 12, and we're going to see six real early this week, the traditional Thanksgiving slate. What are your Thanksgiving plans? How do you watch these games? Thanksgiving plans usually is struggling to get my socks and my cleats on on game day playing in Chicago, but this is my first year not playing really on Thursday. So I how often, how many years have you played on Thanksgiving? I think it was like two or three. Um, really? Yeah, maybe. Two. Does it feel different? What's it like to play in these games? You know, everybody's watching. You know, everybody's at home eating, and you know, everybody's families are all together. Everybody's home from college, and 
probably cracking a couple of brewskis open a little too early in the afternoon or the morning, but that's okay. You know, everybody's together and safe. The first game of the day, 1230 Eastern. It's on CBS. It's the Texans at the Lions line on this one. Opened with Detroit minus two. It's now Houston minus three over unders 51 and a half. The Lions scored zero points last week against the P.J. Walker-led Panthers, Kyle. I kind of feel like Matt Patricia might only still have a job because it's a short week. It was that bad for the Lions last week. He might still have a job because they just want to ensure a very high pick. Um, And I like Matt Patricia, but it's been clear that there's an aptitude there at the coaching staff level of the team. They have talent. They have receivers. They have a great quarterback with an immense amount, amount of natural ability. Um, And I hate, it's a cliche thing to say, you know, natural ability in the NFL, but this guy is more talented than other quarterbacks. You should have more production. I want to spend time talking about Deshaun Watson. Oh my God. He was so, he's so good. It's it's having such a good year. Okay. You were asking me about O-line position, uh, O-line players that don't get the pub. Deshaun Watson, even though he's a superstar, he may be the best quarterback in the league. He really may be, but he's on the Houston Texans. And we don't understand how good he is, unfortunately. But, you know, kudos to him. He's been fun to watch. And when Dabo Sweeney – and I don't put a lot of stock into what Dabo Sweeney says usually. But when he says that this guy's the Michael Jordan of college football when he was coming out of the draft, that perked my ears up. And now we've seen it time and time again. The guy can carry your team. If you can put some pieces around him, he's unbelievable. It's crazy what he's doing down there under the circumstances uh, that they're dealing with. This year, and by the way, I didn't think it could happen, but the run game has actually gotten worse since David Johnson got injured. Duke Johnson had 15 rushing yards on 10 carries on Sunday. That is, that's almost hard to do. Yeah, that's not even getting started. You hear about running backs being able to fall forward for two or three. Um, you know, just get them to the line of scrimmage. He'll fall forward for two or three. Well, that's that's not even doing that. So, I mean, it's got to be a combination of offensive line and whether it's a scheme or coaching. I have no idea what the deal is. I need to do a deep dive into Houston because I think it's a conspiracy theory against Deshaun Watson. That's what I think. You're a conspiracy theorist. Well, the guy revolves around Deshaun. The guy's pretty damn good. Free him. What can let we him do out, to mess Let him, him out of Houston. Let him out of Houston or bring him some help. Yeah. Ugh. Well, apparently he's being consulted about uh, the coaching search, as he should be. That's great. As for the Lions in this game, uh, it doesn't look like, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't look like, uh, we don't know if they're going to have DeAndre Swift back. He's still in concussion protocol. That's not great at this late date. Galladay, maybe a little bit more hopeful, but I don't know if they'll have him either. Um, Matthew Stafford has a thumb injury that he's playing through. To me, this just feels like, all Texans, and I guess Deshaun is pretty much the only reason for it, but I just believe in Deshaun so much that I feel like the Texans have to get a winning one. Well, here's the deal. I know it's like international make fun of the Lions Day on Thanksgiving, and that's what people enjoy doing. But this this year, and I don't know if you're asking me to make a pick, but I'm going to pick the Lions. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Lions. You're picking the Lions? I'm picking the Lions. They're getting three points on Thanksgiving, right? Okay, you're taking the points. It's not like just a straight-up Lions are going to win. Well, you don't give somebody the points, points unless you want them to take the points. You know what I'm saying? There you so go. Okay. I'll, I'll take enough. my fighting Matt Staffords, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to go Lions beating the Texans. I don't believe in the Texans at all, but if there is a guy that can uh, hoist the Texans to victory, 
lane, it would be Deshaun Watson, unfortunately. But what do you believe in the Lions? Well, like, what, think, is, what is there I that you're hanging your hat on there? after scoring zero points, there's no way that you don't show up and kick somebody's ass the next week. And like, and okay. you and you referred to PJ Walker and and uh, and those guys. Here's the deal: PJ Walker, they he played in college with Matt Rule. He had a lot of connections there. There was a lot of Disney movie energy going on there. And I think <laughs> that that's one of those things. It just wasn't his day. And Stafford knew that. Stafford knew that getting off the bus. He said, "I'm in a Disney movie today. We don't stand a chance, guys. So let's just stay healthy." We're already kind of banged up. We'll move on to Thanksgiving, turkey legs, and big Bruce Gainas. Maybe the Lions get the dub. Okay, you're taking the Lions. I'm taking the Texans. I like this, that we're splitting. Good. This makes it more interesting. Okay, so the second game of the day is on Fox, 4.30 Eastern. It is the Washington football team at the Cowboys. Are you struggling with Washington football team as much as I am now that you're in broadcasting and you have to find ways to, like, work the name of the team and everything's acronyms so it looks like wtf every time i see it it's uh, wtf it, so i in my head called him what fuck the mm. <laughs> because it just you know I was, i've never heard that said and you just said it what fuck the wtf well, yeah, yeah yeah it makes sense to me but uh i like the football team like you know the cowboys yeah. travel to play the football team it takes me back to like the 1920s a little bit feel like they would have named a team this i like it except for selfishly as a broadcaster i work myself into so many situations where you go it's the cowboys versus the and then you like it needs to follow with a mascot in that ends with s in order to make the sentence structure make sense and so i have to kind of stop in the middle of the sentence and break it down and start it over again and it's really messing me up and i think it's very selfish that they're doing this to me it's unfortunate. So, Another conspiracy against Lindsey Rhodes and the Washington there you football go. team. Yep, they're weaponizing nomenclature. Thank you. So um, tonally, and I want to talk about the game from a matchup standpoint, but this is going to be a, a, a weird one um, just tonally because away from football on Tuesday, uh, Marcus Paul is their strength and conditioning coach and a very beloved person around the league and other stops that he's been to uh, with the Giants and the Jets. and. Um, so he had what, as of right now, as we tape, um, is described as a medical emergency. He was taken from the facility, and uh, it sounds like it is very serious with him. So, um, so the team will be taking the field, obviously, with a whole set of real life types of things weighing on them, and uh, and that will affect the game i would imagine from a player standpoint have you ever been on a team where some like real life stuff interceded like that i've never been on a team when a coach of his age had anything going on health related and obviously my prayers go out to the cowboys and the family affected there but when i was with the bears uh clyde emmerich uh longtime strength coach one of the first strength coaches in the nfl very older gentleman was in our building and he was dealing with some health stuff and I remember just the way that the uh, the locker room kind of uh, circled around him in the coming weeks after during his recovery. He had a bad fall, I remember, and uh, it's it's a giant family in that locker room. So hopefully they'll be able to bond together and, and rally everybody's energy. Yeah, thinking about him, obviously hoping for the best and his family as well. This is from a game standpoint uh, within that division a very important one. 
which I can't believe I'm saying, considering both teams are three and seven. Um, if the Eagles lose this week, the winner of this game could finish the week in first place in the NFC East. I'm kind of speechless. Um, this They're enti- playing good football this in that division. This entire season has been ridiculous in this division. Um, and it's usually one of those divisions where there's uh, big marquee matchups on Sunday night football, Monday night football, and people are looking forward to watching it. But I'm telling you, when some of these teams get together and play, it looks like the bad news bears. It looks like preseason week two at times. Uh, and it wasn't a great start, obviously, for the Cowboys uh, with all the health stuff. But they were flying so high offensively early and couldn't breathe on an opposing offense. And now they're kind of having that inverse happen there. But Alex Smith, huge, huge, huge shout-out to Alex Smith. I mean, what was it, like 700 days he was out of out of the league, coming back, like 20 surgeries, 300 yards, 300 yards, and a dub. Um I love the guy. I don't even know him. I love him. I want to buy him a it's beer. Easy. He's easy to root for. It's fun to watch, man. It's inspirational. Yeah. yeah. Terry McLaurin is fun to watch, too. He is so good. Um, kind of feels a little bit like the way you described Deshaun Watson. I'm hoping that his talents won't be wasted there and they can kind of get things together to take advantage of how good he is soon. Antonio Gibson, another really good young player that the Washington football team has at their disposal, though he did not practice on Monday. So keeping an eye on him, want to make sure, nor did uh, McLaurin actually. So keeping an eye on their status here. It feels like both teams are maybe actually playing their best football coming into this game. The Cowboys, I was impressed with that win over the Vikings on Sunday because the Vikings are a team that I've kind of uh, been on them for a few weeks now, thinking that they were a team that could make a run with Dalvin and Justin Jefferson has been so outstanding in his rookie year. And Kirk Cousins and the playing schedule. a little bit of football too. Yeah, and I thought the schedule was lining up for them to kind of sneak back into mm-hmm. it and that they were going to be maybe like the Titans this year, that team that nobody talked about until right at the bitter end and then could maybe go on a run in the postseason. But that loss to the Cowboys will obviously hurt their chances in that department pretty badly. But the Cowboys looked a lot better with Andy Dalton uh, under center as opposed to the quarterbacks that they'd been going with while he was out with a concussion and COVID and all of the different things that he has had this year. It's been quite a soap opera following the Cowboys, and it is every year, as we know. And uh, there's there's so many passionate fans out there that are so so pissed when you know their their franchise quarterback goes down obviously everybody feels bad for him and then it kind of becomes like a, a Seinfeld episode where it's like who the hell is this guy who the hell is this guy like I wouldn't even know our team anymore and to have Andy Dalton back in is nice I'm sure it's comforting they get a dub uh, the Vikings have been rolling so a lot of people were picking the Vikings although it was uh it was Andy Dalton's return game so kudos to them and like you said all these teams are in it that's the thing it's like three and seven and in it it's crazy because when i was making my argument for the vikings there were people who reached out to me and said like how are they going to get ahead of all of those teams that are ahead of them and so i because i was just looking at just the team i wasn't looking at the standings and how mathematically that would actually work for them to get in the postseason and then i looked at it and thought oh it's totally doable if the nfc east was not there You know, like they really mess things up by just eating up a spot in the postseason this year because they're so much worse than everybody else. But um, the defenses, the the Washington D-line actually has been one of the best in the NFL. 
The O-line was a problem for them early. They've been pretty good these last few weeks. Have you had a chance to watch Washington at all? I'd love to get your thoughts on yeah, well, them up front. One thing I want to point out is the move that Morgan Moses made to left tackle. Um, and he is a longstanding uh, mainstay at the right tackle position in Washington. To see him go from right to left, you and I talked about Zach Martin moving from right guard to right tackle and that transition and the spatial differences there. Now I want to flip your universe in a reverse way, and now your stagger is different. You're looking out of a different eye. Uh, guys are coming at you from a different angle. So kudos to Morgan Moses at the drop of a hat being able to make the transition to left tackle. Great job by him. Cowboys are favored by three in this one. The over-under is 46. I am not a math person. I'm not a betting person either. I'm trying to get into it a little bit more for purposes of this podcast. Um, but uh, over-unders really mess me up because it requires so much math. Yeah. Uh, like I have to actually figure out that that's 26 and 20, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I don't even deal with the over-unders because that's not my strength. But Cowboys favored by three. I don't know where I'm going here. What about Cowboys you? Cowboys are favored. Yeah. I'm going to pick Washington. Okay. That's just, that's it. And that's my, and that's my rationale right there. It's like Cowboys are favored. Absolutely choosing the other team. Just because they'll find a way to blow it. And Alex there, Smith. Like I might have an Alex Smith jersey by the end of the season. A, a double X Alex Smith jersey will be in Charlottesville, Virginia on my back. I like it. Oh, that's right. You're you're like local there. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I might become a football team fan. Who knows? Were Were you growing up? Yeah, I went to high school. You know, middle school, elementary, high school out here in Charlottesville. So I was not a Redskin fan or a football team fan, but you know, who knows? There, there's always time. I was a Packer fan growing up. I was a big Brett Favre what? guy. Time out. What? Yeah. So my godfather was Sean jo or is Sean Jones, who played with my dad in Oakland and LA. And then he won the Super Bowl with Green Bay. And that was like my first non Raider football game was a Packer game. So I went to Lambeau. Um, and I loved Brett Favre, huge Brett Favre fan. Was it too on the nose to be a Raiders fan? You know, I think, uh, my little brother liked the Raiders a lot, and I wanted to get away from that a little bit and be my own. So there you go. I liked green. I like the color green. Well, so see, I feel like this is coming up in a few different places in this podcast that maybe you need to just expand your horizons yeah. a little bit. See, I didn't even know that when I was suggesting. Get a lot of bang for your buck on that uh, that lakefront up there in Wisconsin, too. Oh, my a, gosh. The real estate. Yeah. Really imagine really. like what I could get for what I had in Chicago. Oh, my God. Lord, I could be living next to Aaron Rodgers. I'll be on a State Farm commercial with uh, David Bakhtiari before you know it. Well, I want to be contrarian on the pick, but I'm not going to be. Um, I'm feeling the Washington football team as well. Uh, the, the Cowboys just kind of the possibility for them to throw a wrench in this one because of all of the offensive weapons, if they start playing the way that they're capable of, could really mess things up. And then, but I'm going to go Washington. Thanksgiving as well. is an opportunity to laugh at teams like the Lions, like the Cowboys. And I'm going to take full advantage of this pick and I'm going to say Washington football team because I can't wait to laugh at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Zeke usually eats on Thanksgiving with that uh, Salvation Army, the red mm, Zeke, pot Zeke or ain't whatever been it's called. As much. Zeke got that tattoo. He ain't been eating as much, Lindsay. <laughs> they made his spoon right, smaller. <laughs> Last game of the day is on NBC, 820 Eastern, Ravens at Steelers. This is a good one. I have some had so many 
uh, tweet me on Twitter that I needed to talk about the Steelers a little bit more on this podcast. And I think that that's fair. I think so they're undefeated and they're they're doing it in such a way that it's just not they're not in the news on a week to week basis. They're not doing anything that's so flashy or so awful or anything like that. They're just consistently good. And so they're not as much fun to talk about, I guess, as some of the other teams that are out there. But but really impressive. They're favored by four at home over under of 45. I'd imagine that uh, the money should go more um, in favor of the Steelers as it gets closer to the game. I'm pretty sure that's not the right betting terminology. The line. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Should move in Pittsburgh's direction. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh regardless. Whatever happens okay. with the COVID protocols, anything, it's – I am really starting to believe that the Ravens are fraudulent right now. And I mm. think they got in a fist fight last week with the Titans, and it showed. The Titans are without a lot of offensive linemen, including all pro Taylor Lewan. They're down 10 points a game and 14% uh, completions um, without Lewan. Now you have Saffold on the list, Conklin, question mark. There's a lot going on there, and they got, they got big ball bullied last week. And I have questions about the Ravens. And to your point about the quiet success that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had, they played so well that people aren't even talking about Big Ben as an MVP because they're taking him for granted right now. Should we be talking about him as an MVP? The way he distributes the ball, the way he's winning football games, and the way, as you pointed, is staying out of the news, I think all that stuff points into the Ben Roethlisberger should be in the discussion of MVP because we've heard everybody else's damn name this year, haven't we, Lindsay? truth so I really love the way that their offense is constructed from a real football standpoint uh I follow them pretty heavily from a fantasy football standpoint and it's they're just a nightmare because you just don't know on a week-to-week basis is it going to be a Deontay game is it going to be a Claypool game is it going to be a Juju game uh James Connor I mean we've called his name for like four straight weeks Ebron's saying the matchup is crazy. Great. You've got to smash him in. And then James Conner, uh, that never works out. It seems you got um, Nell back there, vulturing touchdowns from him. And now that I'm doing pregame, Lindsay, you tell me yeah. if you've noticed this, but it seems like every time I see Big Ben walking out onto the field pregame, he's always limping. He's doing the big fat old guy walk. And I have Kyle, perfected you know that this. walk. I perfected that walk, okay? So I know that walk when I see it. He's either just had a little too many pancakes this morning or uh, he just ain't feeling too hot. Uh, I think it's that he knows the camera's on him. I love that about him. He He's consistent, Kyle. Okay, that's the one thing you got to say about Ben. Like, he limped to the line after another play this past week. And I can't remember the circumstances specifically, but a couple of people went down on the play and uh, everybody else was focusing on the other guy. And I'm like, he's limping to the line. Like that, the, a couple of weeks ago when he hurt his knee. Yep. And, you know, it's just so dramatic. It's so dramatic all I the time. It. And then, of Bravo. course, it's always like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to Willis it's read heroic. this one out. Don't worry about me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Okay, so Pittsburgh, period, done. They, they take this game. Yeah, I mean, with the running back situation in Baltimore you were talking about earlier, they have one guy who's had a handoff this year. Um, so it'll be interesting It'll be interesting to see Lamar Jackson in that offense. Are they going to run the four by the one the entire game? Are we going to see the Buffalo Bills-style offense from Lamar Jackson? Is he going to be in the spread, throwing it all around the yard, 
this is what I want to know. It's going to be interesting to watch Thursday night. Yeah, Gus Edwards is going to be a very popular play in uh, DFS formats in particular because he's going to be so inexpensive and you can plug him in. You're going to get all of the volume and it doesn't even matter if you get some sort of breakout game from him. If you get any type of production from him at the running back position, you'll get a return on that investment Um, with fantasy in mind. Because some people will want to sit down like a Deontay Johnson Claypool potentially because the Ravens defense is very good. Do you think that those are guys that will still produce um, respectably enough to put up a fantasy line? Do you play fantasy? You talking Should about you're there? talking about the triumvirate of receivers for Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I think all those guys are, you know, if you have them, put them in your lineup. But I think that Eric Ebron is a guy that will show out. Um, Why? because you have to cover those other three guys and a guy like Eric Ebron, he's kind of got that little basketball in him. He knows the soft spots. He's been great watching him this year. Um, kind of revitalized his career in Pittsburgh. He's been a good player, obviously, but fun to watch him on a winning team. Okay. So you're taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh. That is the prime time game. If it ultimately happens, I'm taking <laughs> because Pittsburgh as I mentioned, it's Tuesday right now. Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson. Oh, now you're you're throwing out prop bets now. Just prop bets because now I mean I don't know that Ebron has a touchdown is a prop bet, but let's just make it one. Done. And you're taking it. Okay. Uh, one last thing. Patrick Mahomes says that he will be enjoying his Thanksgiving dinner this year. Turkey and ham both will have ketchup on them. I support his right to put ketchup on it because I lived in Chicago. I put ketchup on my hot dogs, and they almost ran me out of town like a what? Salem witch trial. Um, the, well, that's extreme. I mean, ketchup on a hot dog is a little different than putting ketchup on your ham. Ketchup on ham. What is ham? Ham and hot dog. Same thing. Mm, it doesn't feel that way. Change my mind. Is there a casing on ham? Is there mystery meat inside of said casing? The only thing I don't that's no, don't talk me out of ham. The only difference between ham and hot dog is shape. Is you're just that true though. It feels a little bit more like ham is like a pure slice of meat. I don't know, man. Whereas a hot dog is like, let's just put a whole bunch of stuff in a pot and then cook it and put it in a casing of some sort. Hot dogs this are is, just I'm not a cook. I have no idea how any of this yeah, stuff well, I've seen a comes few together, of these, but I've seen a few of these videos uh where you see the making of the hot dog. And I I sh- I wanna re I wanna unwatch those videos. But to Mahomes and ham and ketchup. Why would you do that to I yourself? I support it. I, I definitely support it. Make what, you know, if it makes you happy and it makes the ownership happy, that's what you okay, need Okay, so you're do. not downgrading his <clears throat> MVP chances. No, I mean, no, no. I think it's a good marketing move, too. I think everything he touches Ooh. is gold. He's got the Midas touch. That is a true story, right? His State Farm commercial is sitting there pouring ketchup on stuff. Come on, dude. Like, get with the program. The guy's raking in cash. 800 million or whatever the hell it was. It's not enough. Love it. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving, whether you put ketchup on anything or not. You have my blessing. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving uh, to you. Thanks for having me on the show, Linz. Thank you so much for being here. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Kyle. 